Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 I'm Dr. Burnett King-Blue, and I'm really excited about being here. Uh, I, uh, I came especially uh, because I wanted to talk about Juneteenth. I also wanted to talk about uh, criminal justice reform, and judicial justice reform. Uh, I think God has really directed my life. Um, I um, started a clinic for the medically indigent in Iberia Parish about 35 years ago. And it wasn't like this was a big dream of mine that I wanted to accomplish, but it was something that God put on my heart and wouldn't allow it to rest until it got done. Now that clinic has spread to over seven throughout the state of Louisiana, servicing uh, people, giving them access to health care. Juneteenth, I was really surprised when they called me and said that they wanted me to be the honoree uh, for the Juneteenth celebration. And uh, I know I'd done a lot of work helping people uh, with that didn't have access to health care. Uh, and I felt like that's probably one of the reasons why they asked me all my life Uh, I've been involved with civil rights from a child. My family was involved with civil rights. Uh, There's a picture every year that comes out during during, uh, the, the month for black history. And that picture has three of my immediate relatives in it with Dr. Martin Luther King. So way back when the movement was beginning, my family was involved in civil rights. And um, that picture comes out every year during Black History Month. Only one person is still alive from that picture, my godfather, who is my father's nephew. But in that picture, I had two uncles. My father's older brother is in that picture, and my aunt's husband is in that picture, and my godfather. He's 92 years old today. And so... Civil rights, I guess, has been in my blood for a very long time. And Juneteenth is the celebration of um, the freedom of slaves in Texas in 1865. And uh, there are still a lot of young people who are falsely 
accused, falsely convicted, and falsely imprisoned today. And that has, uh, that has been something that has come close to my heart and actually yeah. in my family. Well, Dr. Blue, I, I want you to uh, open up with a prayer for us, and then I'm going to introduce the show and our guests because we have some wonderful guests with us today. But if you don't mind, op let's open up with a prayer. Uh, the prayer that I'm going to open up with is, Jesus, I trust you. I trust you to lead us and guide us in the way that you would have us go. I trust you to teach us. Let this be a teaching moment. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I have a special show today. One of my mom's best friends, uh, just a, a, a family member from forever, from way back. Hadn't seen her in forever. Our guest today, uh, our, our, our special guest today is Dr. Brunette King-Blue. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Dr. Blue. And we have uh, also her son on the line. He is uh, Dr. Michael Blue. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. And we also have, and he and I got to visit in the showroom a little bit, Mr. Raymond Shudu Lewis. Uh, he is on the Iberia Parish School Board and also involved with Juneteenth. And welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. He's a cool guy, got a lot of good stories, and he's a great gentleman. And I, I, I've enjoyed the time visiting with him. So, Dr. Blue, I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for our listeners that don't know you. And I know you have a big history in South Louisiana. So, Yes. Uh, actually, um, I was born, I'm an only child. I was born to Artemis Francis King, A.F. King, and he was a businessman and entrepreneur. And my mother was a school teacher, and she uh, worked in Iberia Parish most of her uh, teaching years. And she also helped my father in his businesses. Uh, we uh, had a home in New Orleans. I was actually born in New Orleans, but I grew up going back and forth from hmm. New Orleans to New Iberia. Uh, because my father was in several businesses, one with his older brother in New Orleans, and then his own business in New Iberia, and another business uh, with a younger brother. He had a trade school for veterans after World War II in uh, New Iberia. Mm -hmm. And being an only child with very busy parents, I grew up with my feet under a lot of people's tables. A lot of people took care of me. Uh, and I was taught that everybody has value and importance. And we need to respect that value that people have. My family uh, was, I came from a family that was very educated, but respected everybody and made sure that people realized their value and gave me examples of how to live that and let people know that you appreciate them. And my parents uh, paid for my education, so 
even when I graduated from medical school, I didn't owe anybody anything but a kind word <laughs> and a loving heart. <laughs> and uh, I married while I was in med school, and Michael was born at the school that uh, I graduated from, the medical school that I graduated from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and was taught by some of the same professors. Actually, the physician that delivered me was later my professor when I went back wow. to school. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so he was born to be a doctor. I mean, it was no choice, really. <laughs> I, 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 I explained to him that he he had already completed his first year of medical that's school. Funny. <laughs> I love it. And uh, so that's that's really kind of true, you know. Uh, but um, you know, I came back to Louisiana to practice medicine, and I. I'm an anesthesiologist, a specialist, but I had excellent training in medical school and my postgraduate training. Uh, I went to Meharry Medical College, and then I went to Albert Einstein for my specialty training. Mm -hmm. And so it was well-rounded. I could take care of infants, on up to the elderly, from the cradle to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> and I could do anesthesia and take care of all of those age groups. I came back to a community that needed somebody like that. And then I took a little time off when my kids were little. And people came knocking at my door. That's how I got involved with the Clinic for the Poor. They would uh, call me. Like I said, growing up, I had my feet under a lot of people's tables. A lot of people took care of me. And they'd say, I, I need some help. Can you just tell me whether I can, whether I really need to go to the doctor or whether I can just continue to take my medicine. And I'd say, well, you know, I'm really a specialist. I'm an anesthesiologist. Well, meshe, mm -hmm. this is what I got back. Meshe, you're not a doctor? Well, yes, I'm a doctor. Well, I, if you tell me I have to go see my doctor, I'll go. But if you tell me I can wait, then I'll wait, and I'll pay my electric bill, I'll buy some groceries. I'll, and so I started making house calls for the poor. And <laughs> these were people that had taken care of me. These were people that were hardworking people. They were not lazy people. They had very excellent jobs at some point. And when I came back not long after, the oil economy was big here, and there was a bust. A lot of people who only had high school educations but were making excellent money in the oil industry lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. So they could no longer afford health insurance. And that meant they 
couldn't go to a doctor because they couldn't pay a doctor. They were working two and three jobs just to keep the roof over their head and food on their tables. And that really affected me. It really did. And I went to my colleagues and they said, well, we don't have any poor people here that can't afford insurance. Everybody has insurance or they have uh, welfare. I said, everybody that you see has mm -hmm. insurance and welfare, but not everybody has that. And I worried them like the Lord was worrying me <laughs> to do something about it. And I went to my state senators. I took my kids with me to D.C. and walked the hill and made appointments wow. and talked with them, uh, the senators, the congressmen. And the Lord wouldn't let me rest until something was done. I became president of the Louisiana Medical Association. I was president for two years, and I got my colleagues involved in helping me. Uh, my kids were little. Michael and David were little. But I had Michael, who was 12. I had him at the computer typing up grants. It was a family affair. It was a family <laughs> affair. Little David was involved as much as he could be. And as time went on, when I opened a clinic with the help of the community uh, behind me, carpenters, electricians, plumbers, I converted my father's nightclub and restaurant business into a clinic. Wow. The lumber companies donated whatever was needed. And it was just amazing. The kids were growing up. Sometimes they would pick patients up and take them, bring them to the office to be seen <laughs> for their appointments. I, it was a I see how you thing. and Marcel were such close <laughs> friends, you know, like I'm hearing you, and it's just like Marcel and you were like the same person, you know. Marcel was so encouraging to me. She was on my board. She encouraged me. The Lord sent Marcel into my life right after my mother died. And I believe it was my mother that sent her in my life. Marcel would do things for me without me asking that only my mother would do. She would say things to me that only my mother knew and would say. I mean, it was like she, she had six boys. <laughs> and it was like she was like a mom to me. And she encouraged me. I worked with her with the food bank. But she encouraged me. She agreed to be on the board for the clinic. I mean, it was just 
amazing. Yeah, it sounded like the Holy Spirit was moving in both of y'all's lives together, exactly. no doubt about it. I want, I want to uh, shoot you to get in here. Um, he, he's We're here to promote the event. Uh, Dr. Blue is being honored at the Juneteenth Banquet, which is going to be uh, – tell us a little bit. You know more than I do. Tell us. Um, the, the foundation was founded after my son, Garen Paul Atkinson Lewis, that uh, he was the niche student in 19 that lost his life while waiting on his girlfriend. Uh, really, we needed something positive uh, to kind of feed on because you never know when you lose a child, especially in that type of way. It's going to be hard either way, but that type of way. Uh, a high school student, first week of school, Looking forward to going to Nichols, uh, and this this happened. But we we thank God that we're still here. We're still fighting. And a matter of fact, uh, today the grand jury has been uh, assembled to hear uh, two of the cases uh, of the people involved. But we, we, we're doing this Juneteenth Banquet. This is our annual uh, fundraiser. Uh, we try to get as much money as we can. We're running, operating the city of New Iberia Teen Court uh, out of our own pockets. But uh, last year, it, it came to me to who would we honor after Miss Elaine Polk Campbell, who would be somebody that uh, touched uh, our community, uh, all communities actually. Um, and I thought of Dr. Brudette King Blue. She may not remember how we first met, but we had an organization, the Brothers, Brothers Association, and we used to do fundraisers uh, and fundraise and bring the money to her because we knew, we saw, we heard uh, how she was going and helping people that couldn't afford to help themselves uh, provide medical services. Uh, people's home, people come into her home when uh, she moved into her father's business uh, when she bought the other place by McDonald's, but we could see good person, love God, and love people. And never, I've never known her to say no. And uh, we wanted to tell her story. And I asked the coordinator of the uh, GPAL Foundation to get with her early. I, I called and asked her, number, first of all, would it be okay if I would give her number? Because I did not want to uh, violate her privacy, and I had to kind of fill in a little bit. But we want to tell her story. And uh, this young lady has just got accepted into uh, law school at LSU, and uh, she says, talking to Dr. Blue blows her mind every time. <laughs> yeah, she says she has to pause and just to hear her story. 
And June the 17th uh, at 7 p.m. in Laurelville at the old elementary school in Laurelville behind City Hall, we will be honoring Dr. Blue. We do have tickets on sale, uh, $50 a ticket or a table of eight five hundred dollars or if you just want to donate and and help the cause this this is funds being raised for teen court it's not for the garen paul atkinson lewis foundation it's for teen court you can go to gpalfoundation.org that's gpalfoundation.org and i have to tell you Teens judging teens, peer on peer, they have their, their, their judges, jury, prosecutors, defense attorneys, stenographers, or courtroom reporters, or bailiffs. When you're getting judged by your peers, it makes a difference for a 14, 15, 16, 17 year old child. No doubt. Thank you for doing God's work. I mean, that's beautiful, and I hope everyone will participate in it gpalfoundation.org and uh this event is going to be spectacular they got my girls this i'm so mm -hmm. proud of her uh was we all are and i know my mom's looking down on her and smiling so uh let's bring in doc uh well, he's on the phone here we left him hanging in there we need to get him on the show uh come, come on in michael <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to step on that message because it's so important. And there was so much that Mom, in collaboration with, you know, everybody, did to do good work for the community, to serve God through, to worship God through service to mankind, which is actually the motto of the medical school where we both graduated from. Worship of God through service to mankind is literally the motto. And she was doing that in our community. So I really, it's a blessing to see the recognition of it and also to kind of push people to pay it forward, to do the same, you know, for the next generation to continue to do that. That's nice. Tell our audience where you're calling from. I am calling from East Tennessee, a city called Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm enjoying the benefits of working. Actually, I'm stopping in the middle of my work day <laughs> uh, to be able to participate in this because it's that important. Um, I am a psychiatrist. I'm board certified in psychiatry and forensic psychiatry. So I do a lot of legal expert witness work as well as just taking care of patients who suffer from different mental disorders, psychiatric disorders as well. And so right. I'm here in Tennessee taking care of people who suffer from substance abuse, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, a wide range of mental disorders where have exploded uh, during the pandemic when people didn't have access to their doctors and had limited access to care, when a lot of medical facilities had limited capacity to be able to treat people. Now I'm kind of helped to take care of those patients that couldn't be taken care of during that time period. Nice. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out today. And I want to dedicate the rest of the time to Dr. Blue. Uh, I, I, she walked in here with a, a finger rosary, I see, and I know prayer is a big part of her life. I want you to tell our listeners just about where your prayer life came from and, and how important it is to you. Well, my prayer life came from my mother initially. My mother... Uh, was devoted to the Blessed Mother. And so um, 
as a, a child growing up, I went to Catholic school, but there was the sodality for Mary. And then people in my life, my godmother had a devotion to the rosary and daily mass. She was, uh, she was an educator by profession, but she was a stay-at-mom most of her career. She had five little children, and it just really touched me. She was so devoted to daily mass that she figured out a way to take her five little kids along with her before they were in school. She, I watched her <laughs> maneuver these five little people <laughs> and still go to her daily mass. And that really affected me. And when I was uh, in college, I went to, it was USL, now it's UL of Lafayette. But there was a chapel on campus, the Newman Club. I was able to participate in those things. When I went to medical school, I didn't have the uh, advantage of being able to go to daily mass, but I went on the weekends. And uh, it just stayed with me uh, when I did my training, whenever I could. But I could always pray the rosary. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a finger rosary. I could always, people would ask me, you had brass knuckles? Is that a weapon you have? <laughs> and I would go, it's a double weapon. It is. <laughs> I said, it's a double weapon. <laughs> I said, it'll keep the devil away from you. And, uh, you know, so it's just been like, part of my life uh, and Marcel came into my life with the Crucia movement but that happened right after my mom died mm. and it's um, honestly it's like my mother sent her to me because she would say things to me that only my mother would say. She, when I needed something, she would already know, and I hadn't even asked her, and she'd just give it to me. And we were both professors in the Crucia movement. And she said, you know, I have night blindness, and our meetings are at night sometimes. And I said, Marcel, I have to come from New Iberia. I'll pick you up when we have our meetings at night. I'll pick you up, and we'll go together. You know, and we became very close. Mm, so beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy you're here today, and just... Uh, Brings back a lot of memories of you and mom, and y'all did some traveling too. I know. I wish we had more time to get into that. I want to just in the last word say again, it's the Juneteenth banquet honoring Dr. Brunette Blue. It's going to be June 17th at 7 o'clock at the old school in Laurelville, and the parade will be on 618 in New Iberia, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Co sponsored by the city of New Iberia. Wonderful. 
Well, we unfortunately, we run out of time, but thank you all so much for today. Um, we need to come back and do this again for sure. I want to visit some more with you, Dr. Absolutely. Billy. You're a blessing to all of us, and thank you for all your work. I know you'll be in my prayers. Yes. Same. Thank you so much, Michael, for being with us today. Thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to be able to participate. You know, we really appreciate it. Thank all you. right. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. This one is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, appreciate her being here. May God continue to bless you all and know that you'll be in our prayers. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.